Still preaching our way through the book of Philippians. We're all the way up to the third chapter, beginning in the first verse today. I'm going to read through seven verses. Uh, but today I want us to look, with, you know, the theme has been regaining God's purpose, how that over the last year with the pandemic and other things, we as a church, we've lost a lot of our purpose for God and individuals have as well. And so the theme for the series has been Jeremiah 29 and 11, where it says, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They're plans for good, not for a disaster to give you a future and a hope. Now, let me ask you something before I begin to read, okay? When you hear this word, think about what it means to you, okay? The word is evil. When I think of the word evil, I think of a lot of things going on in the world, don't you? I think about a lot of stuff out there. But today, I want to focus it different. Don't think about evil being the stuff that goes on out there. You might say, oh, where you going, preacher? Think about the stuff that goes on in here, in the church. You say, you're going to preach that today, Lord? I am because I'm following the scripture, so we got to follow it, right? Some of it's good, some of it's bad today. Boy, this would have been preached on Valentine's Day. Wouldn't it have been a good sermon to preach on being evil and Christianity and things like that? But now the key is verse number 7. Verse 7 said, What things were gained for me, I counted loss for Christ. Are you getting that? What things were profitable or gained for me, I counted loss for Christ. So let's, let's look beginning in verse number 1. Let's pray first, okay? Our Heavenly Father, bless your word today as we read it. Help us to understand it. Help us to apply it. Lord, help us to live by it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, verse number one, it says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you, for to me indeed is not grievous, for, but for you it's safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are of the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust, have confidence in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of all Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is the law, blameless. And then, of course, verse 7, what things were gained to me, I count them lost for Christ. Now, Paul begins this section with a word, finally. Now, finally means usually in conclusion. It's kind of like when a preacher's preaching a message and he says, in conclusion or finally, you know what that means, don't you? Nothing. Well, when Paul says finally here, it doesn't mean he's wrapping it up. He's only halfway through this letter. But he is wiping, you know, getting down to some nitty-gritty here when he says finally. By halfway through this letter, he says finally, and then he begins to talk about the words that he had given them, the written word that he sent to them. And I want you to know something, he said. These words are not grievous. Now, grievous means 
not offensive. So he's telling the believers at the church at Philippi that the words I'm writing to you is not offensive to you. Okay? It may be offensive to others, but as you as a true church, he said it's not offensive to you. But he said these words are a cautionary procedure because he said these words are safe. Now, safe means it's not going to bring them harm. It brought Paul harm. Did you know it? He was in prison for his cause of preaching the gospel. So it caused him what we would consider harm. But he said for the readers here, he said, now this is not going to be grievous to you and it's not going to cause you any harm. However, it is going to cause you some rejoicing. Verse number one says that the, uh, said five, you know, it says that you're going to rejoice. Verse number three said rejoice in Christ Jesus. Verse one says rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice is more than just being happy. Rejoice goes beyond being happy because you can be happy today and you can be sad tomorrow. You can be happy in the church building today and walk outside the door and something happened that would make you sad. But when you rejoice in the Lord, it is a continual rejoicing, not because of the circumstances, but because of who the Lord is. He has provided every need for you. He has provided strength for you. He has, just, he has provided courage for you. He's given you everything that you need. So he says rejoice. Uh, I mean, even in the middle of a pandemic, even in the middle of, of uh, the morality and morality that's going on in the world, in the midst of, of uh, the weather, in the midst of racism, in the midst of so many things, the economy and everything else that seems to be falling apart out there, we can still rejoice because our rejoicing's not in the circumstances of life. Our rejoicing is in the Lord. And the joy principle again is put Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. J-O-Y, Jesus, others, and yourself. Now, two options that Paul's gonna present here. Number one is you can pursue your own purpose or number two, you can pursue God's purpose. So you can pursue your own purpose or you can pursue God's purpose. Now he's going to talk about it in a kind of an odd sense for us. He's going to talk about it in a word that we don't quite always understand and that's the word circumcision. Now we know that the fleshly circumcision happened to recognize and identify Jews as belonging to God. But he's also going to talk about another type of circumcision that's not a fleshly circumcision, but it's a spiritual circumcision of the heart. So he's going to, as he talks about whether you're going to pursue your own purpose or God's purpose, he's also going to talk about are you part of the false circumcision or the true circumcision of the heart. So number one, we can pursue our own purpose. Now, the thing about this is uh, that it's not, he's going to bring something about some people who are, are not legitimate. They're not real in their pursuit of the Lord's purpose. These are people that Jesus described as saying some that will say, I cast out demons in your name, Lord. They'll say things like, I've done great things for you, Jesus. And they'll do things that will look righteous. Oh, it'll, look, it'll be impressive. They will sound righteous with their words. But just like the last couple of messages, you know, two weeks ago, three now, I preached on having a proper mindset for our purpose. 
Then two weeks ago, last time we met, I preached about letting our light shine in darkness for Jesus. But today he's getting in the fact that we need to pursue not our purpose, and he's going to give us three bewares in this scripture that we need to watch out for that are people who are pursuing their own interest, their own purpose. He says, first of all, these are in the present tense now for Paul. So it means it was going on in the church, okay? So the first one he presents are barking dogs. Now, when we think about barking dogs, we think about the nice pets we have in our yard, right? Well, in biblical times, they didn't have dogs as nice pets in their yard. Dogs were those that run rampant. They went through the garbage heap. They roamed the hillside. They were wild dogs. So he's talking about not those cute little furry pets you've got. He's talking about a wild animal with these barking dogs. And he said, you know, when a dog barks, they make a lot of noise, don't they? I got one two doors over from me that when they let him out in the pen, he barks. I said, thank God I don't live next to them. I don't like barking dogs in the middle of the night. But some dogs, I call them yappers. They bark. Well, in this case, he's talking about barking dogs. They're making a lot of noise. They're the ones who will tell you about their accomplishment. Did I do this? Were you impressed with what I did? Or, or, or do you believe this? Others do, but I don't. Let me tell you how smart I am. They may not be as smart as me. These are those barking dogs that seem to have their spiritual knowledge that lets you think they're somebody they're not. In biblical time, in Jesus' time, they were Pharisees. They were religious folks. They were leaders in the church. And they went around and they wrote their scriptures on their sleeves so somebody said something. I can tell you what the Bible says about that. And they would paint their faces kind of pale looking and they would go out and they'd say oh you know how holy I am I've been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights I hadn't had a thing to eat I'm starving myself for God when really all they were doing was giving an appearance of holiness that they didn't have well that's what he's talking about these barking dogs and dogs run in packs did you know it it's amazing. I, I had a boy work for me in the insurance business, a young man, and he was out in the Westmoreland area one day taking pictures of houses that we were insuring. I lost him. I didn't know where he was. Finally, he came back, and he said, I've been down to the walk-in clinic. I said, Mike, wh why have you been down to walk-in clinic? He said, well, I snapped a picture of a house up there, and 10 dogs snapped me. And he couldn't, he had to bring a cushion in, sit down on it. I mean, you know, I mean, dogs tend to, and it was a pack of dogs. It's amazing, but people who draw evil to themselves, who brag on how much they know, who brag on what they do, did you know they tend to draw followers? Watch TV today, you'll find it out. They'll tend to draw some followers, and, 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 and you got to watch for them. So he calls them barking dogs. Watch out for them that say they're holy when their fruit don't live it out. Secondly, he said, watch out for evil workers. Evil workers are those that will tear down what's going on that's good. Uh, in other words, they can be false teachers. Uh, they seek again to build themselves up while they're tearing other people down. 
The Bible describes them as ravaging wolves that's coming in among the sheep. He said, be on guard for these. Watch out for these evil workers that are sowing discord among the flock. Then number three, he said, beware of the concision. Well, that's confusing. What does that mean? Beware of the concision. This means those who will cut out the truth. They will add just enough truth to make it a lie. These are those that base their faith upon the false circumcision of the flesh. And they'll stand up and they'll tell people in the church at Philippi, if you don't get circumcised like I did, you're not going to be part of the faith. They're adding just enough falsehood to the truth that will make it a lie. And prior to Paul writing this letter, he made three long missionary journeys throughout Asia. And his last journey, the third one he made, preaching and establishing churches, he meets with the leaders at, 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 at a church at Ephesus, and these are the words he says. Listen to him out of Acts chapter 20. He said, for I know this. In other words, he says, I'm certain of this fact, that after my departing, or after I'm leaving, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of yourselves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw apples after them. Therefore watch. And remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn you, everyone, night and day, with tears. He said, now, I've been with you, this church at Ephesus. I've been with you three years now. And I have laid down the foundations of the truth of the gospel to you. But he says, I've got to leave. And I want you to know one thing, beware that when I walk out that door, someone else is going to walk in. And the one that's going to walk in are like grievous wolves. They're going to just tear up and devour the flock of God. And they're going to say things that are not right. So watch out. I'm praying for you. Now remember what I'm telling you. He said, get ready because after I leave, these wolves will come. They'll have no compassion on the flock. They're only in it for themselves. They will speak lies and draw people away from the truth. I'm warning you. Then Jesus gives a warning. Now, if you don't believe Paul, maybe you'll believe Jesus. Matthew 7, beginning in verse 13. This is a warning from Jesus. He says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. But not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. For he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name? Have I not preached? Have I not taught the gospel? And in thy name have I not cast out devils? Have I not done great works? And in thy name have I not done many wonderful works? I mean, you see what's going on here? I mean, it's just like what he's saying, Church of Philip. But watch out for barking dogs, those that have a lot of voice about themselves, but no fruit behind them. Watch out for evil workers that get in there and stir up discord. Watch out for the concision that will add things to the, to the, to the gospel. Beware of false prophets. Not everyone who carries a Bible is a Christian. Not everyone who stands behind a pulpit is a God-called preacher. Not everyone who 
preaches on the gospel, on the radio or whatever, uh, maybe they're there, some of them, to voice their own agenda. They have the appearance. They have the smooth words. They sound real good, but Jesus said, I'm warning you right now, I'm going to tell them I don't even know them. That sounds harsh, doesn't it? Be on guard. Watch out for these false ones. They'll say they believe in Jesus, but they'll add more to it. They'll say, well, just like at baptism today, which is following the command of Jesus, they'll say, you can't go to heaven if you ain't been baptized. You can't be saved if you're not baptized. I think it's by grace through faith that we're saved, don't you? I believe that's what the Bible said. It's people who say, if you're not a member of this particular certain church, you're not saved. You're not going to. You're part of a false church if you don't join this church. I believe Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's not our church that saves you. It's Jesus' church you need to be a part of. So they might say that, or, or if you don't dress like us, Lord, help us, you know. I, I know churches who say, we don't want people in here that's not like us. We're bad. Maybe we need some people in here that'll get saved by the grace of God and live a Holy Ghost life, and they'll be better than us. They don't have to be like us. They don't have to dress like us. I know churches who'll brag on their dress. Well, praise the Lord. I believe in honoring the Lord. I'm not coming here in a pair of cut off shorts or something, but I'm not going to brag on my dress. It's all his dress, not mine. I put on his righteousness. I laid my righteousness down. Some will just say, well, you got to be old-fashioned or you got to be modern or you got to sing hymns or you got to sing praise songs and they'll brag on them things. It's time to quit bragging on the circumstances and the situation. Let's start bragging on Jesus. I mean, that's the, that's the reason here he said in verse 3, we rejoice in Christ. He's not saying we rejoice in ourselves. I mean, it goes along that we don't rejoice in styles or, or, or dress or anything else. We're going to rejoice in Christ. Also in verse number 3, he says, we have no, N-O, no confidence in the flesh. It's nothing we did. It's what Christ did. It's not in our outward appearance. It's in the internal work of Jesus Christ. And he said, but, you know, we're all Jews, and that's okay. We are. We're, we're grafted into the Jewish faith, in the Christian faith, because Jesus was a Jew. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you I was raised missionary Baptist, you know. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you all missionary Baptists are the only ones going to heaven. I'm not sure all them's going. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you Church of Christ or all that's going to heaven. I know some of them, and I'm not sure all them's going. I'm not going to tell you General Baptists are the only ones going. I know a lot of General Baptists. And I'm sure not. The only one I'm sure about going is me. So, you know, there's a lot of things I can't brag on. I can't, I can't say I'm an American. I know God, God's going to take me to heaven. I don't know that because I'm American. I've got to be born again. I've got to be saved here. I've got, I got to seek the God, purpose of God, not my own. And then he goes on to brag here when he's talking about taking God's circumstances. We're not circumcised we're we're not of the flesh but of the spirit of god it's not in our religious background we worship god in spirit we don't worship him in styles and we rejoice in christ not in ourselves and that we have no confidence in the flesh but then he gets to verse six four to six and he begins to talk about how much he could boast if he wanted to 
Verse number one says, hey, I was circumcised the eighth day. day. I went through the ritual proceedings. But verse seven says, I counted all loss. You know, I lay it down for Christ. Today, I can stand up here and tell you, I was baptized at the age of nine, praise the Lord, but it doesn't do anything for me. It's the grace of God. I can stand up here and tell you, I've been, a, I've been saved for 60 years, and I have been, but that's nothing to brag on. It's to brag on Jesus Christ as the terms of salvation. So Jesus, even Paul says, I circumcised eight days, but I'm not bragging on that. He said, I've had stock value in Israel. He said, I've been from the tribe of Benjamin. Man, I'm, I'm taught notch as far as the Jews. I'm from the lineage of King David. You know, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I can tell you, I, I was born a General Baptist. I'm going to die a General Baptist. It don't mean a thing. I can tell you, I was born to Christian parents. That's not going to mean a thing. It's all about the relationship to Jesus. He said, now, I was a Pharisee. Next, he said, I was high-ranking in the Jewish church. You know, he said, but I count all that loss that I might gain Christ. That's kind of like saying, I don't smoke, I don't chew, and I don't run around with girls that do. That don't mean nothing. It's all in Christ Jesus. Not stand up and saying, I'm better than somebody else. I owe the office of deacon. I owe the office of ordained preacher or whatever. None of that means anything. It's all about him. And he could go on and, like he said, he said, I had the zeal. <laughs> You're talking about a man who had the zeal. He killed people who believed in Christ because he believed they were wrong according to his religion. He, nobody worked harder than Paul before he was saved, and I'm not sure anybody had worked harder than him after he was saved, establishing churches and preaching and teaching like he did. He had the zeal, but he counted that loss for Christ. He also said, I, I, I have righteousness in my own flesh. In other words, you can't find anything wrong with what I'm doing. It's like saying I've been in church every Sunday. That's more than most Christians are. I mean, you know, you could brag on that, but it won't do anything. You could say, well, you won't catch me doing what brother so-and-so does or what sister so-and-so does. That's nothing to brag on. You need to brag on Jesus. So beware of those who mix and mingle the truth with falsehood. They will destroy your spiritual standing. They will destroy and cause damage in the church. They'll draw you away where you'll seek after your own purpose when we need to be seeking after the purpose of God. May sound good, but is it true? Is it true? Does it come from the foundation, fundamental principles of the Word of God? So beware of barking dogs who are all mouth, okay? Beware of evil workers who are doing things behind the scene to tear down. Beware of the concision that are mixing truth and falsehood together so that they can get out their agenda. So it's not about how you look. No one's looking for that. But they should be looking for God. We trust that God has blessed you with this message from His Word. Each week, these sermons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch our weekly sermon and Sunday School videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. Just search in the search engine for Portland General Baptist Church. Subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the notification bell so that you're notified when a new video is posted. For audio, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and others. 
You can also find these audio recordings on our website, free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. That's www.portlandgbc.org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.